Welcome to another episode of Talking Hospitality. I'm Timothy R. Andrews, and I'm joined today with my co-host, Tracy Rashid. Today, we ask the question, how can you build a business from being a one-person band to several successful companies? Our guest today, Nick Clover, shares his story of why he started, the highs and lows of his journey, and what the future holds now, 21 years later. We're excited to bring you today's episode with the support of our esteemed brand partners, Graphic Kitchen. Graphic Kitchen stands at the forefront of innovative design solutions, transforming spaces into vibrant, engaging environments. They specialize in bespoke graphic designs that breathe life into any setting. Whether it's a bustling restaurant or a chic hotel lounge, Graphic Kitchen's expertise in visual storytelling ensures a unique and memorable experience. Discover their stunning portfolio and how they can elevate your space at graphickitchen.co.uk. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us again. Today, we're diving into the world of hospitality with a very special guest, Nick Clover, the visionary behind Otolo, Appetite for Work, and HJUK. Nick, it's a pleasure to have you with us, and welcome to the show. So, Nick, you have built an impressive portfolio with Otolo, Appetite for Work, and HJUK. So, let's start from the beginning. And um, please let us know what those businesses are and what they're all about. But also, how did your journey in hospitality begin? So, 14 years old, working in a pub, drawing some cash. I remember the time when I went to Glastonbury the following year. So, um, pocket money is always helpful, right? And for the overall 60. But so, I started working in a pub, loved it. Hard work. Local pub had a successful, busy kitchen. So, the pans are coming thick and fast and uh, got to kind of keep up. One of my fondest memories were working in that pub with the people I worked with as the, as the young kid who, uh, just did it best. Why didn't you, at the age of 14, not I know, wanted to be a pot wash? Well, if I didn't wash pots, I wouldn't have had any money. <laughs> what? Well, to go to Glastonbury, also to, you know, sort of what, 14 years old, to be able to go and see friends, for example. Basically, it was a good lesson in life. So to work, work for cash. My other brother works in hospitality, worked in hospitality as well. Big inspiration. Don't know at the time if there was any association there. It was more just a case of, that's what I wanted to do. I might have been the first that actually worked in hospitality. Yeah. Honest, but I think he had worked in another pub for a friend of the family doing similar thing. But watch, I think that's it's suit. Yeah, but how did you go from a 14-year-old doing pot wash to Appetite for Work, HGK, and a toilet? I got experience in the kitchen, got experience in the front of Paris, got experience in behind the bar, which is uh, where I'm probably happiest throughout my so growing up through studying at the university and did a eighteen-month employment with a commercial recruitment business, which is fab. A lot of hard work, understanding why that garage needed a secretary, why the A needed a account payable person in the team. So you just kind of put the pieces together in terms of what makes that business a business. So I didn't have that experience before, so that was great. Because of my passion for hospitality, I love it and seeing Chris, who's 13 months older, and he's thrived as a general manager, just thought, oh, this is what I want to do. I just want to be talking to people who are more relatable to me because of the people that I've known, worked with, friends. This is one thing that I'm quite proud of is, is I didn't have any candidates or any clients, but my contact was there, if that makes sense. Uh, like in terms of one, one or two restaurants, they weren't going to do but you know, so it was, it was uh, just getting out and making a game of it, you know, so then recruiting in Bristol, 
so Birmingham and then at the South Coast, you know, it's kind of London and Hamburg for quite a while, really. It was more the, the areas that hadn't been covered by a lot of, you know, established businesses at the time who had that. So I don't, I don't, maybe not as, I wasn't that clever because I like to be on the road for a couple of hours and then to meet people, come back buzzing, find a couple of candidates and this is the job center. I didn't put a penny on uh, marketing for the first year because I didn't have any money. Mm. I had a couple of grand to keep me going for three months and that's why I just wanted to. It sounds like you really jumped in just head first. Yeah. Just, well, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a friend, a friend actually that um, I was talking to about it and she had a, a small commercial. So I sort of said, like, I'm thinking about this. But a change in where I'm at at the moment. It was the time to move on. The expectations based on my time without a resource was why I got a bit of a turning off, even though I massively delivered on the, the, the financial figures. And it was just the app in the process behind it. it well, I got told off a lot that time. You know, and it's sort of, hang on a minute, I've literally doubled the, doubled the expectations of people working shifts and, you know, hours of temps working. And so I thought, no, I'm going to move on. Speaking to a friend, I got a phone call from one of her consultants who said, hey, here you're planning on setting up an, a recruitment company. I said, yeah, I need to get something in the yellow pages today. So I'm thinking something starting with A. She said, yeah, I, I heard that. What about appetite? And I was just like, I was like, yeah. Just, just, yeah. So I popped down with a bunch of flowers and a box of chocolates and a couple of boards wide for the office. Cause I really, it really meant something that she'd actually thought, didn't really know her to, to phone up and say, what about that? So that's pretty cool. So I can't take credit for the name and appetite sort of across two businesses. And I work in recruitment, but the permanent side, which is all about getting people, just giving them the best experience, understanding businesses, why they're the best business for that, that candidate and, and people. So, you know, watching the team do it now to the same standard with the guys with a lot of experience or the guys with no experiences. It's fantastic. I mean, Jem, who I work with, joined at a, at a dark time of, she didn't know it was dark, but I basically hit the recession, hadn't reacted quickly enough to, to the staffing and ended up close to back once you, I'd probably say, and just worked her way out of it. The question that dad asked me was, was it worth it? It's like, yeah, because otherwise I'm going to destroy the brand forever and my, my reputation. And it's, you know, we all know that's key. They do a great job. They, they do put the candidate first. Yeah, over the fine, actually, which is against the, the great. And that's really important because, you know, the onboarding, when you join a new job, it's the next step in your career in, a, in, a, in an industry that's really under, underrated in terms of the, the respect levels. And you know, the job they do take pride in and, and, and get a buzz as I did. When you've got that candle, it's literally made their day. And it's really cool to hear that, you know, so forget money, but forget it's about people. Yeah, that will happen if you're good. And, and the focus being the opposite from what I saw in that brief stint in the previous business to the way I see the guys operating now is is just get the people right, give the right coaching, give the right amount of time to understand the business and to understand the candidate and, to, and just to do a bit of a job, really. And the buzz at the end of it is, you know, you've made someone's day, right? What, what feels better than that? And you, know, you talk about hospitality, friends for life, yeah. You know, you can see those relationships happening on the supplier side of the recruiters in, in the good businesses. And there's a few of them. So, yeah. There's a golden thread with our guests and it's very much that despite... Whatever you've been through, ups and downs, mm. it's worth it. I think everyone has said it's worth it. Mm. And it's fabulous. Yeah, we're all really passionate about industry. Like, yeah. Thing, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, there are this, there, there, there are these common themes that just keep coming through. And I don't know if it's because we're attracting the, the type of people, because we're that is those type of people. So I had this conversation with Lorraine Copes, and then I had a BIHS at Big Kiss of Hospitality and Michelle Moreno recently. My name is Michelle Lorraine, I've heard of, but yes, yeah. So, yeah, right. And so, even when we went to the Opera this year, that was incredible because that was all about 
people in our industry. Mm-hmm. Everything that we're trying to change is to make it better for the people. Yes. Right? So that when they come to our industry, they've got jobs, they've got profession that we're all proud of. Yes. So we want them to see the fun side. Of course, we have to work. They have to work in any job if you yes. really want to get somewhere, unless you're really lucky. Right? So to see that, it's, it's, I'm glad you pulled that out because it's, it's great as well. Because having been a recruiter myself, I was always quite passionate. I mean, my top team is Blurred Train Recruit. That's what we did because we trained them up. You know, before we put them into work, we did like 10,000 people. We trained 10,000 people from scratch in six years. So that when they came up, when they did their first job, they had some skill set. Right. Right. So that philosophy runs through, let's see what talking hospitality is about mm-hmm. as well, which is why I resonate totally with what I doing. I mean, I've signed up to your mentors uh, program. So because it's about helping people in the yeah, industry, yeah, because yeah. whilst I've, hopefully I've got a lot more to give, there's, you know, there's people that are coming through that need to see what I've worked with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so refreshing when you recruiters talk about the industry. Yeah. You know, they're talking about hospitality first as opposed to, Recruitment, yeah. you know, which is when I think recruitment, and I know there are those recruiters, I'm sure you know them. I know, <laughs> which we can't leave, but if you can't talk on that, on that thing, they're there literally just to make money and you know, have, and it's got a reputation for it. Um, but it's about the people as well, as, as you said before, it's you know, you meet your clients and, and your potential um, placements face to face. <laughs> so it's not they're not just a number, you're not no, just trying no, to fill no, a seat, no, you're person. just trying to get your money. It's about people having that. It's yep. an opportunity, which makes the world a different. Makes a massive connection, and that's where that's where in you know five years time that person's likely to be a client. You know, seeing the CDPs go in and become head chef, and hey, maybe I need a, a sous chef mm-hmm. sort of things. It's like good people are never quiet, right? Yeah. So, but it is, it is. I think it's been the underdogs as well, too, isn't it? Because if we look at the way that they were viewed, and I'm going to mention case name again, 165 you know billion turnover, and you know the complaining to be recognised as an industry. I don't know. I don't you know, again this. It's, it's the previous class system, um, the way that parents and teachers view the, the industry. You know, I know you two have been into the you know, schools to, to, to encourage, and I love that. I absolutely love that. I'd love to get involved in that at some point. Too. And the interesting bit, the, you know, spending time with the teachers and the parents to feel proud about their kids doing something that they were good at. And you mentioned a competition between schools. And, and that's absolutely amazing because kids are the bosses at the end of the day, aren't they? they they're just influenced by other people. So get through that way as well as spending time. So I do love that. I mean, certainly I've seen, you know, a few people that are, well, someone very close to me that, that's in hospitality, brother actually, and, uh, you know, a couple of the guys from school are like, what's, what's going on? It's like, hospitality, yeah. running a restaurant. And it's just like, what? That's real. That's really, really real. They don't know how hard this guy works and when it, what it's like doing, you know, a, a shift. Um, so, you know, you should try because it's great fun. Yeah, you might, you might be proud upon, but so what? Be the underdog. And look at the case studies in the industry. And the encouragement of kids coming into it, they can be that person. So, and I think we're, we, d- we do know the challenges in the industry. We know that there's a big burnout. We know there's a drug and alcohol problem and people taking the wrong coping mechanisms. So I believe that that's because it's easy. You take the easy choice and you're in an industry that's got alcohol everywhere, but then so is the whole world, right? But what do we do with our managers, right? What do we do with our, what are our teams? We reward them by giving them beer. It's absolutely fine, but why? Because it, that's also easy. So when it becomes case, okay, someone is burnt out or... They've had something happen in their lives and they turn to something. That's the reason that the drug and the um, alcohol problem has become too much of a coping mechanism to actually affect people's, people's lives. And I think hospitalities can't be solely responsible for that, but it can think differently. It can think differently. It's go paintball. Let's not say well done. It's just being a little bit creative. I mean, it's, hospitality is not the only industry that's responsible for that. All businesses do it. All industries do it. 
it's those Christmas parties. I mean, I'm doing exactly the same thing. Let's go to a restaurant and for pantomime and drink beer. But going back to the Atrius, Tim, as to why that was a that was such a good thing, you know, go to an industry events. There's nothing wrong with celebrating the the directors and the CEOs and the heads of etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, but they're really doing quite well. Atollo is about attract, retain, develop. Every business I'm involved in, appetite for agreement work is attract, retain, develop. So as I mentioned the Atrius in a second, the standard appetite for work, when I got introduced to him, he's if you know my gardener, you realize just quite how, how much of a legend he is, how how good he is, how strong he is, how dedicated he is. Part of that process and his team up is getting people into the shifts at Wembley, Twicken and Ascot, whatever that might be, to earn some cash like I did when I was 14 years old, yeah? And he said, well, we don't probably need to be able to serving alcohol, yeah, fine. But ultimately, that first taster, if they've got a great experience, they know exactly where to go when they get there. They're not getting lost. They're not getting stressed. Okay, so right, so you go into those doors, you turn left, you turn right. It's going to be a stand there. Paul's going to be on the stand. And then he's going to give you this. You're going to come through. So you're already not, you know, you're not stressed. And that, that, that would be the first time they've poured a pint. First time they've cleared the table. First time they've served a plate. Right? And, and so to have the whole experience, case of, well, surely there's responsibility there because if they've had a really bad experience, then they might not come back to the next shift or they might not, in an ideal world, which I know has happened to a few people, fall in love with the job and actually then taking it as a career. And, and one of our um, key challenges is attracting people. So, so there's definitely a strong purpose with Appetite for Work. And going back to, we're going back and forwards, which I love. The Oakridge, it was Chris and Kieran's idea. Chris with a predominantly college years background, Chris Fletcher, probably know him, and Kieran and Bailey from Wagon Mamas and, and Hard Rock. They're both Hard Rock. Great guys. And, you know, with our other business partner, Ian. But I think the four of us, Ian Burke, yourself, Katrin.com, and various other, other things. So we're kind of a cool team, but you, you can't think in the way that someone else does. So I know that we were four of us who sat there, and Chris and Kieran had came up with this idea of the Oakridge, which is amazing. But it's actually, it's not the... We didn't talk about negatively, but it's actually about celebrating the real people. They had someone called Joan, 30 years in hard rock, waitress, fantastic with the team, fantastic with the guests, and they completely underestimated by the snobs that hospitality is not a career and all that kind of nonsense that Boris came out with back in the day. And then, then it's sort of to maintenance and to, to support, to bar of the, you know, bar, bar, uh, you know, entry level person. And the reaction to getting that, so I literally made their year, literally made their year rather than, do you know what? The CEO who's just got an award and forgotten about it tomorrow might appease his, e- his or her ego, you know, initially, whereas people have been sort of thrown around on stage and just literally just, just like, yeah, this is what it's about. This is what it's about. Because actually the CEO doesn't need to be, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I, my view is getting it in the right order. And Chris and Kieran kind of nailed that because you're celebrating a CEO who's not going to be anywhere without Joan. And I mean... On the night, there was one of the runners-up we was speaking to before. She went on. She was so excited. Yes. Oh, really? And she came second. Oh, she didn't get the prize. And she was disappointed, but she turned to me, and uh, she just went, I'll give it next year. Oh, really? And well, I was well, like, yeah. It's just, yeah. That's that's cool, on, right? I was like, this is it. This yeah. is it. Yeah. And it did create a lot of good will. It's a vibe in the room. And like you say, we no, it's good to see that. Yeah. Really appreciating the awards. Even being nominated. Yeah. You know, and then when it was, yeah. was enough with a lot of people in that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Really, really good. First of its kind, and we certainly won't be, won't be the last. A couple of things we need to tweak on in terms of the, but, but the, the first event of its kind, you, you kind of, and Dan, I thank you for a little bit of constructive feedback, but actually on the most part, 90, 95%, it was, it was pretty much on point. Yeah. As you were building, did you have a philosophy when you first started or a key principle when you first started that this is what I'm going to be about? Or did you kind of do it and then it developed over time? Oh, developed over time. So when I set Appetite for Recruitment, I did think about doing the temp side because I'm going to Manchester and having you know, people working in the schools in the kitchen and first my first temp, Jack Makin's friend stuff, 
I picked him up and took him to the school, dropped him off, and then came back because um, he didn't have any transport. So I did think along the temping line. I never forgot about that. Yeah. But then I just got, I'd never done permanent recruitment. I'd never done hospitality recruitment. The candidates compliance had said, and this was, let's just see if what this is like. And then when I found permanent recruitment, it's got to be a bit natural, hasn't it? Yeah, when I found permanent recruitment, it was, I'd not done it before, I'm not done hospitality recruitment, I'd done recruitment, and it was just a case of kind of went completely that way. And I loved it. I love finding out the businesses in a really intimate level and the operational structure. So what's the reporting structure from the, from the MD to the regional director to the area managers and just having all that basic knowledge. I bet it's a people, it's a lot of anagram of people. Yeah? So, and it's really, really important. And then understanding what the, the features, the benefits, the career planning and type of people that you're going to be work, people are working with. What, how do you describe your teams? How do you describe the company? All those kind of things that you ask those questions. And the guys still do it today, you know, and it's really, really important. Um, and some digging deep, and that's just, that's just honestly well, not open yet, right? So, so getting that understanding as to why, why, why would this amazing candidate, and why is this an amazing candidate? Like, why is this person worth employing? Because we all know it's like £16,000 to, to, to train up a new manager, and then obviously look at the turnover of, of staff, so you can increase the retention of your teams, et cetera. So that person's got to be really, really good to be worth, forget any fees attached to it, to be given a job. So you've got to get to know them. That was my sole fo- focus. And then to answer your question, no, it's been completely appetite for work. When I got introduced to Mike, yeah, that was in the back of my mind, but it certainly was a, an opportunist. Actually, do you know what? Why don't we set up on the back of an established brand, a, a, a temping business? And with my experience, it comes from, from strength to strength. It's amazing. HJ was completely, completely fluke on the back of meeting Jordan, who had that business. I don't, don't know if we've talked about this, to, to the point of throwing any payment away amazing lost their way they're then going into with support you know to the hospitality industry and so wow so i'm lucky to be introduced to Greg early days but really really early days and dawn and i were paired up and and she had a job board and a recruitment agency so sort of actually we we, we teamed up made made the changes put a is it what you have to put a lot of money into a new website and all the systems and planning behind it and spent time then then relaunched but, but no, it was just coincidental that, you know, you have a conversation, it sort of makes sense. And same with them, the solo. I met Chris at an event, I think it was when Hayley was talking about delivering on the, the hospitality priority campaign and just in passing, so, so Chris didn't know him, said, hey, let's be in touch. Went to a couple of his events with Kieran, the ESP, Rooms 101, sort of got in touch, made a point of taking time to, I think our first meeting was a beer and they were buzzing because I think they just got a sponsor for something. And the next one was a, a coffee, you know, let's actually talk. Let's reduce the energy levels and, and talk. And uh, I got a call from Chris one day saying, like, this guy, James Lemon, has um, set up Let's Hollow. And, and he has approached me, basically wanted to, his setup wasn't right. So I thought to call you. Then in myself, Chris and Kieran chatted. We'd already done a couple of sessions with them just to, just to help mates out in terms of, you know, ask those questions in terms of where's the business only wanted to be. So we already knew each other. And then just, yeah, a fairly tight window to take on, take on a Tolo that was already set up. But when I read the Tolo, the, the, the reasoning behind it, which is like, this is like looking in a mirror. You're talking, you know, it's all the right things. It's about the, the mentoring and the importance of, you know, how many people lived for so long without having a mentor. And Kieran said, you know, you could, you could insert if there was just that time taken and actually the, the industry culture, that's just one small aspect. It's about like doing one small thing that makes a significant difference. And that's why we believe in it. That's why we got involved. And then obviously the training aspects and, and community is a plus and being able to do the opens. But the bottom line is that actually with the support, you know, the retention rates will, which is which off the scale in hospitality, can be reduced because people just need support. Good people need support. And we all do. 
I mean, I didn't have a mentor for, for, for way too long. I was probably about 15 years too late, which could have taken a lot of the pain and stress out of it. And just to feel that bit of support and completely isolated at times, it just all feels like it's against you. And that proactivity of, you know, competitors, et cetera, it's kind of all sort of set out and limb here and just doing the trial and error, which is, which is amazing because I think you have to be, have, I think you have to have that, that drive, that energy. And actually that was a good question before in terms of why, because I believe in this industry, I've seen people being working by the industry, I've seen people being discouraged in the industry. Therefore, I'm very, 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 very passionate about it and to be able to, to do the cool stuff while being realistic, most into classes and all that, but at the same time, the, the clue is in the tinted, not completely blanked out yet. So the, with a realistic approach, I think that realistic approach is, yeah, like, there's things you've got to change mm-hmm. and decisions people are making, you know, on the, you know, as you talked about drugs and alcohol and that easy support, which is the most even support, yeah, if, if abused. And, you know, we know it's right. And I didn't realise this is this me just, I'm just going into it. So I was going, but I, I was working with someone, he decided to go back into industry, we kept in touch, we popped down and he was telling me, story, and I don't, this, is, this is something that people will really resonate with. And I didn't realise that, um, you know, so many businesses, and we're going to talk about the and rights, I'll be real, yeah? You'd be basically doing coke, having a shot of tequila to get yourself through the shift. What do you do after the shift? Oh, well, then, you, then the party starts. Right, okay, then you feel creeped. And what if something's going wrong in your life at that point? It might just be a party period of time for a while. But what happens if you have a bereavement in the family? What happens if you have a relationship breakup? You know, at that point, it becomes the case that something that was fun becomes really something that's quite dark and the balance is, is missed out on. So as mentioned before, if companies can not always be rewarding with alcohol, but they can be actually doing sort of fun, fun activities. The restaurant I was at, which is called the Mississippi Exchange in Guildford, amazing American quality style, people dancing on the tables at Christmas and stuff. We used to go and play football. I wasn't a footballer or rugby, but I can, I know how to kick a football and to run around, you know, so it's just good fun. We just play, and then we, we had a little competition with another couple of the restaurants and doing all those kind of things. And um, it's just, I mean, that's just one example. And people use sport as a really good recreational activity. Well, do, yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong if you go and have a beer and get smashed every now and then. I mean, no, 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 there's a, no, I'm, I hit a judge, like, you know, but at the same time, you know, I think we do have a responsibility to do other things. Mm-hmm. So in those moments of doubts or challenge, how do you stay focused and inspired? By reinventing a thing. I think, I think having the next opportunity is one thing, but then you can also get lost in that because, hang on a minute, how do I stay focused? Because I'm passionate. So to back off from everything after COVID and it being, a, a, for so many reasons, a really difficult time, that then it's sort of a case of, okay, right, so the next side, side of things starts. It's very, very different with different energy, different personalities, the point of being lost, yeah? And I was lost during the banquet session. Because we're not, how the hell do I get out of this? Or how do I get back into this? And so it's a case of, we just do, you just do and try and be as kind and, and strong as possible. But I think that you know, there's a lot of leaders out there that probably, it, you know, it looks absolutely amazing. But there are certain times behind the scenes, it's, it's, it's an absolute, if I say shit show. And you, you kind of, you hide that, you put your front up there and, and, and that's not actually healthy for a human being. So it's actually, you know, we, we work with hospitality action and to be able to know everyone in the, in the team. And I've used it, you know, to phone up and get those, those conversations, those supporters' conversations, which is really, really important. And I've got no embarrassment behind that at all. In fact, you know, I think there are times where there's just too much going on. So to keep that motivation and drive, it's a case of, right, well then, okay, at that point, it's a case of what gets me out of bed in the morning? What do I want to do? And actually, I want to get out of bed in the morning now. If you'd asked me that question two months ago, I'm going to be really honest with you. All I'm going doing in my head, right? At that time, all I'm doing in my head on certain days is thinking, shit, I've got to do that. Shit, I've got to do that. I've got to do that. And all those things that 
that's what you get out of bed. You get out of bed to do those things rather than sitting there thinking, you know, playing in your mind. Then it affects your sleep pattern. Sleep's really, really important. All of the things that happen, I mean, luckily, I've got a strong enough um, support network to be able to come through to the point of, right, here we go, reinvention, the next stage. The next stage, and I'm really, really excited about it. Did I enjoy certain times in my career? No. No, 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 no. But, still here doing it. What key piece of advice would you offer to aspiring leaders in hospitality? Oh, good question. Okay, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with two words twice: confidence and humility. I think getting that balance right, you don't be overconfident and then un, and then too not not humble enough because I think that's really really key to be real and a good human being on that side. And if your confidence is taking a novel, which it will not, which it will with all of us, and I think that the character bit is being able to come through that on the other side, then I think the um, humility goes to a, to an unequal level of overcompensation, yeah, which isn't good. And I think then the vulnerability. And bravery are the other two words I'd use. And, 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 and that might not make sense, I'll explain. The vulnerability is absolutely key, right? So, so we're human beings. And I think showing that, that, that vulnerability, genuine vulnerability, not in a way that's going to concern people, but in a way that is a case of it's okay to be um, a human being. Right? So forget all the other words from the past, it's okay not to be okay. I, I, I think it's okay to be a human being. And I think that that, that, that for a leader is, is a lot more engaging than, than a fake facade, which is a case of, oh, what's wrong with, I don't know, I'm not in that relationship, I don't quite know what it is. I think because if the vulnerability is not there sometimes. And the other word that I used at that time is, is fearlessness. So, so fearlessness is basically bravery. To, to show that vulnerability, I believe, is, is fearless. But it's also then combines with the confidence to be able to, to say, I've got you. Yeah, I've got my role locked in to be approachable and... You know, we said before, it's, it's, you know, leaders are everywhere. Yeah, if it's a case of, you know, you're working a long shift and people are lagging in that, that energy you bring to pull people up, that's, that's real leadership, you know, more so than it is to sit in a boardroom. This is where you'll be quite authentic because my first impression of you was, I knew who I was, beers and peers. Yes. And it was Vicky, Vicky came over, Vicky Glover, and she came over and she was like, oh. Nick wants to know if uh, it's all right if he could speak with you. And I was like, why, why, why is he asking? You know, and I was like, I was like, of course he can. He's like, like, really he's like, like, I didn't know she'd said that. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course. I was like, anyway. And then when I went over to you, I said, of course you, you know, you cut, you, you're paying for the event essentially. And then it was like, you're like, yeah, but you, you're a podcaster, right? Here. And it was just so hungry. It was just like, so funny because like, Talking lots of times is growing massive, like literally just booze and stuff. But we were kind of like just feeling away of what we wanted to come at that point. But for you to do that with such deference is quite rare, particularly in lots of recruitment, I would say. So I was quite taken back by it in a really positive way. I was like, I was trying to go, of course it's all right. Like that shows you took your talk. Because you were just, you know, you think just assume like we get now sometimes where people just come up to us because they, we're not celebrities, but they sort of think we are in their head. And they'll just come up to us like quite quickly sometimes, mm. just expecting us to be available for them. Yeah. Whereas it, so it was quite, to see that was quite a, quite a comparison. So the bit of the story that, that Tim is missing out, because he did recite this story to me, so I know all about this story. The bit that he's missing out is the fact that at the same time where you were asking if you could speak with him, in his mind, it's like, but you're, you're Nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Nick and you've done this, this and this. So it was almost double-edged sword and you both didn't realise you were feeling the same? Didn't realise that would, would make quite the impact. And um, Vicky really sweet to kind of hook us up as it were. 
And that actually, I think that being a bit unassuming is, is quite important, I think, for a leader. Uh, and I'm not putting myself as a leader. I don't feel like a leader. But I think that if I was to, to look at leaders that I know, if the, the strongest leaders are unassuming sometimes, yeah, rather than I'd the say you're a leader. Yeah. I'd say you're a leader, personally, but... <laughs> So that's that, Nick, just yeah. in case you are wondering, which I'm sure you are. It means it's time for a rapid fire question round. Rapid fire question. Put the cup of down for rest of time. Why am I a little bit scared? You should be, actually. Okay, it's a little bit. A little bit of fear. We've explored your professional insights, yeah. but now it's time to delve into the real Nick. To our regular listeners, you know the rules, but if you're new, and Nick, your challenge is to answer each question just one word. Oh, no. I don't think I've ever answered a question with one word in my life. But I do want to finish because I like you both. So, you right, okay. We understand it's a tall order for those in the hospital as well, particularly recruiters, to keep it concise. But let's see how you fare. We're judging on speed, yeah. weight, and succinctness, which I hope you can prove better than I can say. The one who's on top of the leaderboard at the end of the season will receive... Are you ready for this, Nick? Yes. A... Amazon voucher. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, it's the competition I'm interested in. <laughs> <laughs> the reward is irrelevant. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. So you geared up. Um, I'm, I'm going to, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Go. Okay, let's get started. Zombie apocalypse. Run, hide, or join? Join. Airworm song. No. <laughs> Superpower choice. Flight or invisibility? Flight. Strangest food you've ever tried? Caterpillar. If you're a cocktail, which one would you be? An old-fashioned. Favourite word in the English language? Hospitality. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. If you could be any historical figure for the day, who would you be? Winston Churchill. Which house of Hogwarts would you be? Never seen. Most unusual item in your home? A walk. If you had a yacht, what would you name it? Appetite for Adventure. Oh, and. Favourite sitcom character? Chandler. Best dish you can cook? Stir fry. If you could ban just one food forever, what would it be? Mushy peas. What was the last thing that made you laugh out loud? This. <laughs> Brilliant. We love that. Cream first or jam on a spoon? Oh, jam. Marmite, love it or hate it? Love it. Most unexpected hobby? Walking. That is unexpected. If you could teleport anywhere right now, where would you be? Australia. Same for a snack. Chocolate. If you could have the dinner with any fictional character, who would that be? It would be Jack Nicholson from One Fair of the Cooker's Nest. Nick, why do round pizzas come in square boxes? No idea. What do you call a boomerang that won't come back? A ruler. What do you call a crocodile in a vest? Lost. The answer is, of course, an investigator. Oh, dear. And the other one was a stick, but we all tag Runa. We all tag Runa. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> We're old school, so obviously we need wooden Runa anyway, <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. It's great to have you on. I actually to get some insights, actually, who Nick Clover is behind all the bright lights. It's lovely to meet you. Yeah, no, thank you. It's very kind. And this is this is the first podcast I've ever done. Oh, ever, 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 great. ever. So, you know what? I, I've really enjoyed it. I think you guys are great individually and collectively. And uh, I can't wait to do more stuff with you 
in terms of you know positive industry things to do our best. Yeah, well, definitely. The hats off, hats off. Big exactly. delivering your message. Better together. Always, yeah. always. Thank you, Nick. Okay, thank you. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to Talking Hospitality. Don't forget, you can get in contact with us via our website, www.talkinghospitality.com. You can also contact us through socials on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok by searching at Talking Hospitality. Our website offers more episodes, blogs on the topics discussed, and training that are specific to the hospitality industry to help you and your team develop their hospitality careers. Your support makes these conversations possible. Remember to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for more engaging discussions in the world of hospitality. Until next time, keep pushing boundaries and stay awesome.